What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 81st draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marcher. Matt, 2021 is just really turning out to be a a, a great time. I mean, we, we recorded an intro to this show, uh, and then my internet decided to crap out, so... Yes, we did 16 minutes of talking about the beginning of this year that are lost. I think the o- we've never in the two or three years or however the fuck long we've been doing um, these shows, we haven't really lost anything. Um, no. To like knock on wood. Um, there's been times we've had to restart for various reasons, but we lose a couple minutes. But um, we just lost a 16 minute chunk of us talking about, you know, the, the, the coup attempt at the US Capitol building, the start of 2021, how our vacations were, what we were up to. You're working out. I've been a lazy asshole playing board games, um, just making sure everyone's staying safe, staying indoors. We still have a raging pandemic. We also have chaos in, in the US uh, political which we've had for four years, but it's culminating now into the leading up to the inauguration of Joe Biden of just, you know, maniacs, Donald Trump's banned on everything we can add our, he's banned from this podcast, add it to the list. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Like it's just, we, we, we talked for 16 minutes or so that are lost now that we don't necessarily have to go over again, but um, happy new year, everyone. Welcome back. Um, This is our first show of 2021. We'll be doing our top films and television shows and, hashtag content from 2020 uh even though 2020 was a dumpster fire the beginning of 2021 seems to be you know uh even bigger than a dumpster maybe a dump fire um uh but there were some good content last year some good movies some some good television shows that we will talk about on this but uh eric we don't have to go all over it again but how are you doing just tell the people how you're doing in general matt i am present i'm lucid i'm in the moment I'm ready to talk about uh, the best of last year. If that is such a thing, it's almost like an oxymoron in a weird way. Um, but on top of that as well, I mean, the one thing that uh, we could quickly talk about again is that uh, Untitled Movie Podcast will be uh, – it has been accredited for both Sundance and the South by Southwest Film Festival. So we will be attending uh, virtually – uh, this year uh, being our first year for both Sundance and South by Southwest and be adding to the conversation. And we've already selected uh, our premiere tickets for the, uh, the end of January into the beginning of February. Yeah, very, very excited to that. So we'll be doing a preview show for Sundance where we'll let you know all the movies that we're probably going to be watching and reviewing. We will review individual films just like we did at TIFF. Um, so, uh, this time most likely because of, you know, uh, lockdown here in Ontario and, um, gray zones. I mean, that might be all confusing if you're not from Ontario, but anyways, Eric and I aren't seeing, uh, we are not hanging out anymore. We're not seeing each other. We're not, we're not an item Um, anymore. (laughs) When, um, when I moved back to the Whippy Oshawa area, um, and our cases were decent and, you know, um, we had we were in each other's bubbles we were hanging out because we weren't seeing anyone other than you know our families our immediate families that we live together and one another so you know during tiff and some other times you would come over and and watch some movies safely um but because of everything we just don't we don't feel like that not that we're worried or anything it's just that 
you know, we shouldn't be seeing people outside of our, you know, immediate households or people that we have to see right now. So we're not probably going to be hanging out to watch the Sundance stuff, but should make recording a bit easier because we'll be able to jump in, watch those movies and then do the reviews right after and stuff like that. But we will be doing individual reviews for all the movies we're covering at Sundance. We'll do a rap show um, probably on this channel as well as um, maybe bring someone in for conversations to talk about the Sundance experience in general. All the reviews will be over on Untitled Movie Reviews. Uh, we got a review up right now for Promising Young Woman, which we will be talking about on this show, um, as well as uh, Joey Noel joined us uh, for that. So that was a wonderful review. Shout out to her. We also have a conversation with her as well as with Nick Scarpino from Kind of Funny over on Conversations. So lots of good stuff, you know, at the beginning of this year. I'm, I'm feeling very positive about the growth of this you know trilogy of shows we have and how much we've been able to accomplish even in a um a shit year like 2020 and um how we were able to adapt and um zencaster has been a lifesaver shout out to them um discord has been great but has been you know slowing down our computers to the point of eric's computer just gave up <laughs> um, um it, it, like, it's representative of 2020 so. it just you, you give up yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm looking forward to what we have this uh, this year, and maybe there'll be more festivals that we cover digitally. Berlin, I know, is going digital. Um, I doubt Cannes will go digital, but we'll have to kind of see what their plans are again, because I, I I don't know what it's like in, in France right now, but I can't fathom them doing a, a festival like normal unless they postpone it again and see how things are in the later half of the year. But um should be exciting to cover, you know, a lot of movies. And we'll also be talking about our most anticipated films of 2021. H- half of them, do you already know? Because they were on last year's list. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we do have some, we do have some new stuff. So I'm excited to talk about the best of last year and what's to come this year. So um, other than that, Eric, you've been, do you want to get right into it? Do you want to talk about what we've been watching in general over Matt, the there's break no time like the present to just jump into this you know head first and hope that there's no rock at the bottom to smash our face on let's do it let's just get right into it um where do you want to start do you want to start with tv first and just get that yeah let's you know, let's, get the, the, let's and- get the stuff that we you know we we saw some stuff television wise and miscellaneous that we can kind of cover relatively quickly and then we can get into the bulk of it which will be yeah yeah, the films of 2020 yeah so let's just get right into it so i mean eric and i aren't huge tv guys we struggle heavily um when it comes to keeping up with with television in general it's just we've always been movie guys first and foremost so um i think we're in the same boat eric where we'll sit down and watch you know a two two and a half hour movie but it's hard for us to get in get in the mindset to sit down and watch, you know, a nine, 10 episode drama series, even if it's from a filmmaker we really love or uh, a subject we really love. There's the odd exception, um, which I think we have some of that on this year's list. And, you know, in previous years, I had Watchmen on my best films of 2019. You had Twin Peaks, The Return on your best films of 2018, I believe, yes. or 17. Uh, 2018 so like there are tv shows that i feel like me and you immediately have to watch um but for the most part we're very behind on things so i mean you guys can see our our review of cobra kai which is something we just recently got into we watched a lot over the break um which isn't on this list because that technically came out on new year's day 
I watched a lot of TV over my break though. And I've been getting into more and more television lately, just because I feel like it is a fun thing for Nevis and I to kind of just watch together. Um, Cause you can watch one episode or you could binge a whole series. So I like the kind of flexibility. And we talked about this on the recent episode of cinema scene I did, which you guys can check out. I think you said on the 16th, 16th of January. Of January. So if you're listening to this yeah. now, then shit out of luck but if you're listening to it after that you can go over to rogerstv.com slash cinema scene uh shameless plug plug and uh uh listen to matt and i or watch matt and i uh in in the flesh uh do basically what we're about to do right now but as matt mentioned in the original recording less swearing and only a, a half an hour yeah, exactly. Um, so here is the uh, untitled best TV shows of 2020. I'll just run through them alphabetical order. Then we can kind of talk about it in general, Eric. So uh, our 10 best TV shows of 2020. Uh, Better Call Saul, The Boys, Dave, Devs, The Last Dance, Long Way Up, The Mandalorian, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, Ted Lasso, and Queen's Gambit. Um, an interesting uh, list of stuff here. I know a lot of it, um, I think, is a couple of these we both watched. Um, a lot of it is stuff I kind of watched over the last uh, little while. And then you recently watched uh, Devs, Eric. So I don't know what on this list you want to pull out and talk about, but you can kick it off with Devs and whatever. Last Dance is, I think, yours and I is one of our favorite things this year, too. Yeah, yeah. I think The Last Dance, just in general, like movies, television, books, whatever you – content – the last dance is the best of the best. I, I would say that that even you know it basically is better than you know everything that I saw you know quote unquote theatrically or streaming uh, of last year. Um, Devs is something I'm still digesting because literally I watched it the day before. Uh, it's Alex Garland's uh, series that takes place uh, in San Francisco, and it's part murder mystery and part philosophical debate on whether we, as a uh, civilization, as uh, metaphysical beings, have uh, freedom of choice, and the idea that it's a murder mystery between this, you know, this programmer who is murdered and his girlfriend who's also working at this uh tech company run by uh, nick offerman uh forest um you know is is murder or or something much more deeper sinister or less so um it's an existential crisis and it's a movie uh, or series that basically um is what i kind of wanted out of tenet this year or last year because it's one of those shows that dives deep into the minutia of you know why are we who we are and also is it in our interest to know how the universe works and once we discover that what you know what will that lead to and again like the idea of like is everything predetermined or are we in control of our own lives? And I think that this is something that's um, really fascinating and sort of laid out in eight episodes that I don't know if it's necessarily a good idea to watch something like this in one sitting. This is not necessarily binge television because it is so dense and so wrought with um, sort of material and sort of playing on the philosophical idea of who we are and what we're doing that it kind of leaves you like needing time to decompress after watching it. Um, yeah. But if you love Ex Machina and Annihilation, this is like pure uncut Which I Alex do. Garland. And again, like it feels like he could have turned this into a two hour film, but expanding it into uh, eight episodes, he gets 
even more into uh, the weeds of it all and sort of gets to explore, you know, these little character moments and traits that we haven't seen as much from in his other two films as a director and a, and a writer. Um, but this is just a really heady mix that will leave you questioning why is it, you know, who we are and does it even matter, Matt? Does it even matter? Uh, I'm, I, it's again, one of those shows that I needed to be in the right mindset um, to watch. And I just haven't been there yet. Cause I know it's a show that I actually have to sit down and like pay attention to and watch. Not saying that I haven't paid attention to any of these other shows I'm going to talk about, but some of them are uh, easier watches than maybe a devs. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's like, it's still on the top of my list. I have it in my iTunes queue and stuff like that for something I want to watch much with a, a, a very long, long list of shows I need to catch up with. But um, I'm glad you finally checked it out a couple of days ago and you were texting me about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to finally sit down and watch it. So I, I'm glad you threw it on this list. Um, for me personally, totally agree with you with last dance. Um, those, I think three or four weeks that, um, that we had the last dance were um, at, it was right at the beginning of quarantine kind of thing too, right? Yeah. Like, but it was also yeah, after was right? uh, Tiger King, which was the other Netflix yeah. series that kind of captivated uh, the world for, you know, the, the first bit of quarantine, like everybody it seemed was watching it. Now that's not on our list. I haven't watched it. Matt, you kind of consider it to be yeah. trash television, but not in the necessarily the enjoyable way. It's just almost like you got to watch yeah, it. Yeah. It ran its course pretty quickly for me where like I did enjoy the series overall, but it just kind of by the end of it, I was like, all right, I kind of understand what this is. And you're kind of repeating the same things over and over again, or you can kind of see where it was going. And it's just, I don't know. It is trash TV to the point where I'm like, I understand why people watched it. But by the end of it, I felt like I was kind of hate watching it. And I was just like underwhelmed by the by the end of it but uh that being said last dance yeah netflix here in canada espn in the u.s um yeah two hours per week we got and it was just some of the best content i hate using that word but we're going to kind of use it ironically throughout this whole episode um of the year it's just michael jordan i could just sit and watch him shit on people for a <laughs> hundred hours and he's just one of those guys who is an asshole but you're like you know what? He backs it up. I'm I'm totally fine with it. Like, you know, he's so good at what he does that you're like, you can be a prick and I kind of enjoy it. Um, so it's just uh, hearing him sit there and look at an iPad and just make fun of people and like talk about how he's still holding grudges all these years later and how he, he took was it personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it was just, it was some of the most enjoyable TV and they, just the way that that show is put together, that it's like this, thriller almost and you know even if you're not super familiar with the run that the chicago bulls had in the 90s you're still constantly surprised at you know how that series was edited and put together and just like the way that even if you knew every detail they just structured it in a way that was so thrilling that uh, and it's even better if you didn't know every detail of that Chicago Bulls run, because I feel like then you are going to be surprised by some of the things that happened and how it all plays out. So, um, yeah, The Last Dance, just really, really incredible. Um, I will give a shout out to Apple TV Plus, which is something that we kind of made fun of um, when it got announced. And we're like, no one's going to want to subscribe to this thing. <laughs> like, who cares? Um, I did catch up with a lot of Apple TV Plus stuff this year. So I I'll give a shout out to uh ted lasso mythic quest 
um, and Long Way Up, um, I think are three excellent, excellent series. Uh, very different, but um, uh, enjoyed all of them. So Long Way Up is the Ewan McGregor. Um, oh my God, uh, why am I blanking on the other guy's name? He's also an actor. Um, God, it's been a couple months since I've watched it, but Charlie Borman, that's it. I didn't have to look it up. I got it. My brain worked. Um, Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman doing like a, a motorcycle trip from, you know, the bottom of, of, uh, South America all the way up to, um, Los Angeles and, um, uh, just driving all the way up through all these different countries on electric motorcycles. And, um, this is the third in a series. Um, I hadn't even watched the two previous ones. They're all on Apple TV. If you want to check them out, but Ewan McGregor is just another one of those guys that I just find is like so charming and enjoyable to watch and feels genuine. Um, and so it, it was kind of just fun seeing him outside of a role and just seeing him be himself and, and see how much he really just enjoys, you know, traveling the world and learning new cultures and just kind of, uh, you know, the struggles they went through and the weather and different things and trying to do all this electric. So they didn't put out, you know, more carbon, you know, emissions from their motorcycles and things like that. And the challenges that they had there. So, and it's gorgeous. It's in Dolby vision, Dolby Atmos on Apple TV. That's another thing. All of their shows, they have like a, they have one of the best quality controls, I think, where they just make sure everything is in 4K, Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos, even their trailers on Apple TV Plus are in that. And everything looks really, really good. I mean, it does have that TV, like hyper uh, 4K look to a lot of their shows. Like it doesn't look filmic by any means on any of the stuff that you watch there. But um, even their film stuff, which the quality isn't as good as the TV stuff, they just, I appreciate that they put in the effort of going, okay, everything needs to look really nice here. Uh, and then Ted Lasso, um, I think is just wonderful. Like it, it completely took me by surprise. I kept hearing people talk about it online and I was like, is it really that good? Like, it just seems like a silly, it's based on a character he did for NBC sports about, you know, this American football coach who goes to coach soccer in, in, in Europe and, and it seems so silly, but the show actually has so much heart. It's one of the most positive TV shows I've seen in a, in a long time where the character is just so positive. You'd think it would be annoying, but it kind of just wins you over because you're like, he's so lame or he's so corny or he's just so effortly positive all the time that you're like, you think you it would be obnoxious, but it's not. And it just kind of warms your heart throughout the entire thing. And then it has a lot of good, like emotional and even not darker moments, but it plays up on someone who might be putting out that they're super positive all the time and that they're not perfect either. And they have their own demons and their own struggles that they kind of deal with. And it kind of touches on a lot of that stuff too. And I think is, it is really, really good. And I like as Jason Sudeikis is perfect in, in, in that role. Um, Mythic Quest um, uh, takes place at a video game studio. So right up my alley. Um, I don't think it's as um, it's more of a pure comedy, but it does t touch on a lot of the, um, you know, workplace kind of culture in video game studios and some of that toxicness of it all. And um, so it does touch on some important issues, but um, it's from the guys who, uh, who did, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. So Rob McElhaney and, and, and Charlie, uh, uh, day, um, uh, a lot of good, uh, I love, um, uh, what's his name? 
who's in a lot of Wes Anderson stuff or F Murray Abraham. Is that who it is? Who's in it? He's fantastic in the show. Uh, he's really, really good. Um, but the, I, I just, I binged that over the break too and thought it was super, super enjoyable. Quickly touch on Dave um, on FX. Uh, fantastic. Um, uh, you guys would know him as the rapper, little Dicky. Um, and it's about kind of a stylized version of his life and him getting into, you know, the rap scene and things like that. Better Call Saul new season was this year. I totally forgot that that even happened, but that show is continuously surprising and almost just as good as Breaking Bad. The Boys season two, we talked about it on one of these shows once. I think, um, uh, you know, the perfect, you know, juxtaposition to, you know, Marvel and DC of like, if superheroes were in the real world and they were all corrupt and, and fucked up and owned by this big corporation, um, super dark, but super, super fun. Um, and then what else do I got on here? Uh, Queens Gambit, um, which I really, really enjoyed with Anya Taylor joy on Netflix. Eric's probably one of the only people who haven't watched it yet. Um, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's really good. Um, she's, she's just, totally totally captivating and and carries that it made me very interested in chess i never thought i'd say that but it makes chess super super exciting you get super into her journey of becoming one of the best chess players alive and um i highly highly suggest uh jumping over and watching queen's gambit and then the one that we both watched uh mandalorian so we we talked about it extensively i think over um did we review we didn't even review it but i think we just talked about it on one of these episodes uh before but uh mandalorian season two um um i thought was even better than season one i feel like the show really found its footing this season um and culminated in a a very wonderful emotional episode um cg uh you know, person removed maybe, (laughs) but, um, I I really dug season two of Mandalorian. Yeah. And I loved all the, the, the references to other films, whether it be, you know, wages of fear and sorcerer, or just, you know, the idea that it is an episodic, uh, series and that it's playing up the Western angle quite a bit and the, you know, lone wolf and cubs kind of style. Um, it's appointment television as well. Like the way that Disney was releasing it each and every week, like, you know, those, those Friday, those Friday mornings, right. Were were always yeah. really, I was waking up early before work to watch them, which I'll do with WandaVision as well. We're always exciting. Like it felt like that, like we had something to look forward to in in a way that we were missing that this year where like, you know, we talk about, you know, every month has a movie, you know, to kind of be excited about or sort of to count down to. And it's like, okay, this is, this is the week that this thing is coming out, or this is the month that this, you know, big, you know, blockbuster that we've all been waiting for is coming. And we didn't get that, uh, you know, last year. And with the Mandalorian, that was a little bit like that, where it's like each and every Friday was like, oh yes, like a new episode was, was available and it was so much fun and enjoyable. And it reminded you of, you know, like what, the cinematic experience could be like, you know, in the format of TV, but also just what it was like to just kind of escape for, you know, 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I, I, again, I binged a lot of stuff over the break where I sat down and watched basically Ted Lasso in one sitting mythic quest in one sitting Cobra Kai season three in one sitting. Um, 
a lot of the boys was in a couple different sittings, but they, they also did the week to week thing. Um, and I, I like both formats. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm not, I, I like the week to week way more for a lot of the reasons you were just talking about, Eric, where I feel like everyone can be on the same page. I know that we're on the same episode. We can talk about the same events that just happened. And I don't have to go through this thing of being like, oh, uh, that like I didn't put Bly Manor on here, which is was a huge thing this year. Um, just because I felt like the last two episodes really shit the bed and I just really kind of didn't enjoy it for those last couple episodes. But Bly Manor was another one that gave me that example of like, I don't I feel like no one talked about it because I don't know what, how much of it you watched, when you watched it, what episode you're on. Um, and I feel like with a lot of Netflix stuff, when it drops, it has that conversation for one weekend. Um, and you have to binge it in those first two days to be part of that conversation or else you've completely missed the boat. And then you might bring it up months later of going, Oh, did you watch Queens Gambit? And you're like, Oh yeah, I did. And then you'll finally talk about it, but then you'll forget basically everything that happened because it happened four months ago. So I appreciate that, you know, Disney plus and, um, and Amazon and, and certain streaming services now are doing the week to week thing because, I mean, I think we could even do a step better and get back to like the HBO kind of model of like being in prime time, the episode drops. So everyone's watching it at, you know, eight or 9 PM together. And then we all know that we watched it on the same time because as much as I loved having those Mandalorian conversations every Friday, um, a lot of people couldn't get up early to watch it before work or you have to wait until later and things would get spoiled. Things would be trending on Twitter, um, different things like that. So, uh, I love the week to week format. I wish everything would go back to that. Um, and if you really want, you just let it build up and then, um, binge it at your leisure if that's what you want to do, which is, I know what you do a lot, Eric, but, Mm -hmm. um, there are certain TV shows that I feel like that it adds to that week to week, which is I'm excited for WandaVision because it's going to do that. The first two episodes are going to drop, you know, on the, the 15th and then we'll get week to week after that. And, um, uh, yeah, I just wish it was in prime time. Like I almost wish they had a live channel on the streaming services, like, uh, you know, crave does with HBO and, and stuff like that. And, and you can watch it live. So, you know, you are watching it with everyone else at the exact same time. Which is the way it's meant to be, you know, to have that kind of I agree. collective kind of communion, you know, like the way that you go to a movie theater and you watch a movie together with an audience and you have – you might have different feelings or an experience of whether or not you like the movie, but you're all watching it together and having that moment. And that's what kind of what The Mandalorian did feel like, at least the closest thing this year, where like there were a lot of people that were watching it, not exactly at the same time as you mentioned, you know, like it – it it was available very early in the morning and some people have to go to work in the morning and, you know, like they'll catch up with it later and things like that. But it did feel like there was this collective feeling of everybody kind of was watching it within the first day or so. And then, you know, like people were talking about it online and, you know, whether or not you have Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, you know, you try your best to avoid the spoilers. If you don't want to see that stuff, it, it is tough and it's unfortunate that people feel it, you know, necessary to kind of spout out stuff that might be sensitive in terms of, you know, having that ruin for you, spoiler wise. But um, yeah, like, like the Mandalorian and the last dance kind of felt like the closest thing to just like 
really being excited for something to come, you know, like each and every week and that like there was something to not only look forward to, but to think like, okay, well, this year is, you know, worth salvaging in some way. Yeah. And I will also say Apple TV Plus does the week to week thing as well. And they're doing, you see a lot of places will put two or three episodes out on the premiere date to try and get people kind of hooked on it. And then they'll start doing week to week after that. Cause I know that's what Apple TV plus was doing, even with comedy stuff like Ted Lasso and mythic quest, which I thought was interesting. Um, so yeah, that's the best, uh, TV of 2020. Um, anything we didn't do a uh, most anticipated for 2021, but I, I would throw WandaVision. I would throw all the MCU stuff. Like I'm curious to see if after one year of no MCU content, are we going to feel you know, overwhelmed by the end of this year because we're supposedly getting, you know, four Disney plus shows and three MCU movies. (laughs) Like, is that going to be too much or is it going to be, you know, great? Because like you said, we always want something to look forward to. And last year we kind of got a lot of that stuff taken away. So is WandaVision leading right into Falcon and Winter Soldier leading right into you know, uh, what if leading right into Loki, um, then also having Black Widow, Eternals, uh, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man. Sorry, four four MCU movies this year. Don't forget um, Morbius. With, and and having shit like Morbius, which technically is it is it not part of it because of the whole Spider-Verse thing. Um, is that going to be too much this year? Or because we were so you know, we just didn't really have anything this year. Is it going to be nice that, you know, when one thing's end ends, we'll get right into the next thing. I don't know. It'll be like morphine. Morbius will be morphine this year. We'll just, we'll just have too much of it and we'll overdose. Um, you know, it, that, it's, it's, it's a great question to ask Matt. And I think, um, personally, I would say probably it is too much and maybe that will change because again, we don't know what, this year has in store in terms of how the vaccine is being sort of distributed at the moment. And, you know, when- at least for the theatrical stuff, we, some of that stuff could move. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you have to also look at it like this, like, you know, film critics and TV reviewers and just reviewers in general, I think will kind of maybe feel the burnout by the end of it. But also you have to consider like, you know, the average moviegoer, the average kind of TV watcher, consumer of content doesn't watch the way that we do. You know, we watch everything either, you know, a couple of weeks in advance or get to, you know, review it for 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 those purposes. But when it comes to kind of like just like your average kind of like Joe kind of watching something like this, like they're not going to, you know, probably watch everything in one sitting like it's going to be over the course of you know months or a couple of weeks or what have you unless they're like you know diehard marvel fans which you know those fans will watch it as soon as it drops and as soon as it's available and get through it as quickly as possible but it it does take time so i I feel like you know uh regular kind of like movie patrons and, and and tv watchers will kind of just you know maybe not feel that fatigue as much, but maybe they'll also be more aware of it as well because it is such a part of the pop culture and one of the most kind of addictive kind of things that we have right now. I mean, Marvel movies, comic book films in general have kind of replaced action movies and are the definition of what you would consider a blockbuster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, vi- you know how much I love the MCU. I do a rewatch almost every year and I've just, 
come to really, really love that universe. So like, I'm, I'm psyched that we're like a couple days away from phase four, right? Because we had this whole year break, which I feel like the year break, again, another silver lining of this whole thing. It sucked that a lot of the movies and stuff we were excited for got pushed, but we got so much Marvel and MCU content in that 10 years leading up to Endgame that I feel like we got Endgame. We, we, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home came out, which is that nice end cap kind of to all of it that I'm not totally like I'm I'm kind of okay that we had a year off, right? It makes you, you know, want it more. It makes me even more excited for WandaVision and Black Widow and all that stuff. So um yeah, I absolutely can't wait. For other TV this year, I'm not really even sure what is is dropping. I hope we get another season of The Boys and, and Better Call Saul, but like I know a lot of things were delayed, so it's um it'll be interesting to see um what else drops this year from the a TV's perspective. And I'm not totally in the loop in all of that. So um, like what's coming, there'll be something that I go, Oh shit. I didn't even know X person made that and it's coming out. <laughs> I'm same, like, I'll same. We're, we're, we're I'll, movie I'll focused. We're not TV, you know, uh, savvy when it comes to that stuff. So we're the only thing I care about is Cobra Kai season four going to be end of this year or next year. Right. <laughs> That's all I care about. So will two seasons of Cobra Kai make it onto the 2021 list best of. Exactly. Um, before we get into uh, movies, honorable mentions for other things we really enjoyed this year. I mean, a, a very interesting year. We weren't able to, you know, leave our houses that much. So I feel like even more so people were consuming that hashtag content more than ever. So whether it was video games, board games, music, uh, books, podcasts, podcasts podcasts anything like i, I want to know you eric and, and I'll, I'll list some of my favorite things this year too like what were your favorite other things than movies or television that you kind of helped get you through this year podcasts i think that was a big one yeah. this year where like usually when you listen to podcasts or like when you're enjoying them like there's usually an activity associated with it like you know going to work or you know falling asleep but i also kind of felt it beneficial this year for my mental health and just kind of listening to personalities that i either really like and enjoy kind of you know their points of view on film television or just in general or getting insight knowledge into something that i love which is movies like i mean the the roger deacons podcast the deacons podcast is one where it's like you know obviously he has the reach to get people like denny Villeneuve and joel cohen to you know skype in or, or zoom in and and have a conversation and they're very enlightening and and really worthwhile i haven't listened to the uh phil lord and chris miller one yet but i'm going to and i'm really excited about that um and that was a lot of fun but that's also very much more like on the kind of like high end in terms of like produced and structured and things like that. It's still very organic in its conversation, but the podcasts that I always love are the ones that are just people talking and not feeling like it's been edited in a, a format or anything like that. Like I just like what we, what we're doing exactly. Like it's, it's just people talking about the things that they enjoy and, getting that personality coming through. I don't really love stuff that's like structured or has commercial breaks unless they're produced. Yeah. Unless they're, like you that. know, Jimmy Dean sausage uh, commercials, but things like that. So or an ad read is fine. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I understand, like you got to make money some way, but like 
you know what I'm saying where it's like you ha- it's almost like done as if it were like a news program or something like that. Like that's not why I go to podcasts. Like where it has a script and like is produced in a way, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, for I think we're in the same boat where we're personality focused and we just like that unedited kind of conversation between friends and stuff. Yeah, and 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 to, and to go into some other stuff, I want to give a shout out to Film Junk, which I've been listening to since two thousand and nine. Uh, they recently got into the Guinness Book of uh, Records for being the longest running uh, movie podcast, sixteen years, which is ridiculous. Uh, Jay Cheel is uh, one of the best filmmakers. He's one of the co-hosts on the show uh sean and frank are also a wonderful host as well and it's it's just one of those shows i've been listening to that's that's also very canadian in some ways but like every week when they release a show i have to listen and um i just enjoy their company and listening to them and 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 hearing them talk about movies and um bowel movements and things like that everything in between like it's it's just it's a it's a really good hangout show uh movie microscope is another one that's like that as well with nick nunziata and justin waddell um where each week they'll pick a movie to um review but it's literally just them going off on like what's going on in their lives and sort of just talking about movies in general like the last episode that they did recently was swim fan and it was just like okay the most ridiculous choice ever that love they could that. pick, and, yeah. and like those are the kind of choices that i love and then there's a ton of other podcasts that i i enjoy very very much like like the Bay Street Video uh, podcast, uh, Mark Hansen and Justin DeClue uh, host. And I mean, Justin DeClue in general, I mean, he hosts three podcasts um, and, and just keeps going. And I don't know how he does it, but like it's, you know, the content that he's been putting out is is something that I think a lot of people should really, you know, give a shot to, whether it be, you know, um, no such thing as a bad movie or, you know, Bay Street Video podcast and things like that. And you just... Um, you have to appreciate somebody that is really, you know, putting themselves out there and, and knows what they're talking about. So um, those are some of the, the the best podcasts. I'm just I'm quickly just going to look at my my list of podcasts that I have uh, on Spotify. Um, uh, so the Important Cinema po- uh, Club podcast is another one as well that Justin DeClue goes with Will Sloan, which is really, really wonderful. Um, the Flophouse always has really good stuff. Um, there was one more that I wanted to mention. Oh, seventh row is, is, is really great. Uh, and then, um, uh, there was one more that I'm just looking up that I think you really need to, uh, listen to, um, which is, uh, it's, it's a show about, I'm just looking for the title of it, but it's basically a show of, uh, that is about unproduced movies. So the best movies never made. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that is yeah. fantastic as well. And uh, they- I have it on my list. I just like for, for me personally, it's just like, I'm, I am a podcast guy, but I listen to so much kind of funny that, and they put out so much stuff that I just like, they always have something for They're me to listen industry to onto themselves. Like, right. Yeah. Like they, they have so many different shows that, and I, I'm weirdly Eric, like I, I'm glad you love, all that stuff but because we do this show and we do reviews and we do conversations i don't listen to a lot of movie podcasts and i've always been that way Mm -hmm. where it's like because we do film criticism and i was writing movie reviews before and you know it's a very opinionated industry and 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 things like that where i never it's no offense to uh, we have lots of friends who do great shows shout out to uh daniel and and his team over at the movie podcast um 
Uh, my buddy Nate does a show called Geek Centric, and we know lots of other people who do shows too. And um, I love that everyone's got their own thing, but I never listen to movie podcasts or very, you know, like film criticism podcasts and stuff like that. I know Film Junk, uh, you love them and you've been listening to them forever, and they're more okay. like, I think. They're not film Go criticism. Ahead. Like they're not like yeah. movie reviews. And they're it's the same thing with fans shooting the shit. And it's right? the same yeah. thing with movie microscope where they're they're just guys kind of talking about movies and having fun. But I but I do agree with you. Like, like those two, right? Yeah, like those two shows I've been listening to, like Film Junk, obviously for a long time, Movie Microscope only more recently because it only started about last year. But they had another show on on the Chud show originally that I listened to a lot in, in high school and college. Um, but I don't normally listen to a lot of podcasts about movie film criticism either this year or last year was the exception where like I found myself listening to more podcasts in general because of that, because I just wanted something yeah. to kind of like kind of exercise my brain a little bit and sort of find something to, to, to latch onto. And especially stuff I- that had multiple episodes that, I could like go from one to the next. That's where I was binging the most. I would say is, is podcast is podcast. That's great. Yeah. And, and for me, it was kind of funny again. I mean, shout out to those guys. Um, six, sixth anniversary, uh, was on the beginning of January. So they're going to into their sixth year as, um, you know, a, a podcasting studio and, and company. And I listen, and those guys have just been so generous. Like, I mean, again, Joey and Nick came on untitled movie conversations. You guys can go check out those episodes. Um, I was on an episode of screencast RIP. Um, you killed it. They put, you <laughs> killed it. They put me, they put me on one episode and then they killed screencast at the beginning of the year. And, um, and I get that. Like they, they are mostly, you know, Greg Miller, who who obviously founded the company with Tim Tim Gettys and, and Nick Scarpino, um, um, they, they, he they worked at IGN video game company. They they have a whole channel called Kind of Funny Games, where it's only video game content. And you guys, if you've listened to us, know that video games have been you know have been my passion other than movies since probably earlier than movies for me. So it's weird. Like I, I was huge into video games when I was younger and at a very young age, I remember people being like, like I was like, you know, three, four years old and I was like playing Mario and, and just I video games have been a huge part of my life since I was a kid. Um, so I think that's how I got into, you know, IGN. I remember being very young, like, uh, on that website. And then Greg was a personality on IGN and, and then they transitioned to kind of funny to cover more pop culture in general, rather than just video games, but a very video game focused origins. And then they kind of expanded to television and movies through their other content. And that's where I kind of got involved more was like, I loved video game podcasts because I felt like it's something I really loved about, but I what or loved, but I wasn't involved in that industry. So I didn't feel as, you know, opinionated or, you know, I always found myself like, you know, if you're when I was younger, especially now, I don't care if someone disagrees with me, but I didn't want to listen to anyone who disagreed with me on something. Right. right. And movies, I was so opinionated on because we did it for both a living and just, it was something I really loved that I didn't want to listen to people criticize movies. I, so I listened to video games because I enjoyed them, but I didn't really care what people thought about them. So I, I always find myself podcast beyond, which was a PlayStation podcast that Greg did. And, um, a lot of the other IGN shows, but then when kind of funny came out, I loved that group and why it's been a, you know, a daily part of my routine is listening to them is just like, it's what you're talking about. It's the personalities thing. And it just felt like they bring a 
unpretentious view of the film industry. Cause like a lot of the times, like I would get frustrated because I just felt like there's this, you know, veil of like pretentiousness over film criticism that I never really loved. Right. Like I'm a, I love movies. I think I'm very knowledgeable about them. Maybe not to the point of knowing everything about them or my history of them gets kind of cloudy before 1989. Um, I'm just very egocentric where I only watch movies from when I was alive. You're in the moment, man. You're living in the Um, now. But that's kind of it. When I got into film was in, you know, high school kind of thing. I loved, I loved movies as a kid in, in elementary school and stuff too. But as I got into film and movies and wanted it to be a part of my life of something that was my career and things like that, like I got into it very late. So I focused on movies that were coming out week to week. I worked at a cinema. I, I uh, like, again, I, I didn't necessarily go back and I have such a backlog of stuff, but why I loved kind of funny is like, they brought that perspective to me too of like, okay, these are guys that aren't necessarily film critics at all they're just people who really love nerdy you know content and movies and and tv shows and stuff like that so i could listen to them talk about stuff because it was the stuff i really enjoyed but it wasn't necessarily taking it from a critical angle but it was just fun because they were fun personalities to talk about that stuff and they felt like people you're like okay these these are my my people right people who just really love this shit they're knowledgeable but it's not necessarily like you're an idiot if you liked it or not and i felt like there was a lot of that stuff from the film criticism side of things so um they got into more and more movie stuff so i was just became obsessed with you know the morning show and then they did in review which is probably the show that i got into the most which was you know uh, a, a film series where they would ta- tackle a franchise and and each episode would tackle a new movie and they would talk about it as a group and then rank them in that franchise so yeah i've just been obsessed with in review and if you look at my letterboxd and my watch history a lot of it is influenced based on what they're doing in in review because i'm like all right cool uh, it gives me always something to watch because then I have something to listen to after. And my routine now is whatever movie series they're doing, I will watch that movie that week and then I will listen to their show. So um, it's been this constant in my, um, in, in my life and, and Joey Noel shout out to her again. I, we said she came on the show, but always talk to her on Twitter and that's how I got involved in their community. And they know that me and you are, professionals here in toronto and have been doing our own show and review movies and go to film festivals so i kind of like wedged my way in there as they're like one of their bigger film fans because most of their fans are from that video game side of things so um and we've been doing this legitimately for you know for 10 plus years you even more so so um it was it was an honor to go on their show on, on screencast and and i mean this whole year um, again, I, I followed through with a lot of their in review content and, um, listened to screencast and it was cool to go on that show and a lot of their film and, and television side of things. I, I really, really love, but then I also listened to a lot of their video game shit and just like watch them play games and be dumb idiots. And it, it's just kind of, uh, it's, it's a fun constant in my life. Cause they put out so much stuff that I, um, we wouldn't have probably watched Cobra Kai if it wasn't for, you know, Nick, <laughs> um, Nick talking about it years ago and me kind of laughing it off. And then recently Tim watching it and going, no, Nick was right. Everyone, this is fantastic. We need to all watch this. And then me telling you that, and then me and you finally uh, watching it. So, um, and I think in their in review, most of the franchises are franchises I would have watched anyway, but um, 
they're doing um, Edgar Wright in review right now, as well as they're starting John Wick in review. So um, I'm excited to kind of go and 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 watch those again. Um, t- a couple of them hadn't seen any of the John Wick movies, so I'm excited to see people's reactions. But kind of funny, he's always been that constant. So again, each year it'll be a shout out for me when it, from my favorite stuff um, this year. And I hope to collaborate with them more. Like I'd love, so with screencast being canceled, um, they just decided that, um, they decided they were going to focus more on, they're doing the kind of funny podcast, which is a great podcast too. If you ever want to try to dip your toe into what they're doing, cause it's not about movies or video games, uh, at all. It's just about, you know, it's four friends just shooting the shit and talking about the dumb antics in their lives and or random topics or things like that. So they doubled up those. So they're doing two episodes a week instead of one episode a week. And then when it comes to the movie content, they're just going to do more short form content, kind of like what we do on reviews where they're just going to, you know, instead of it being a live show that had to be on Twitch every Friday, like screencast was, they're doing more video game focused stuff on Twitch because that's what that platform's for. And their entertainment side of things, they're just going to, you know, jump on and record a 15 to half an hour minute video instead of everything having to be a one hour plus podcast. So if a piece of news comes out or a trailer or a TV show that they want to talk about, they're just going to do individual quick hit podcast slash youtube videos instead of doing like a whole show on it every week so i i totally understand why they're going that route and i think that's probably a good call so anyways i went on way too long but um kind of funny i again you probably sick to death of me talking about it but they're a great group of people and um they brought on some new people snowbike mike is um they hired Snowbike Mike. And if you guys don't know who Snowbike Mike is, you got to follow him on Twitter and on Twitch. And he's one of the most positive. He's, he's the Ted Lasso in real life where like Mike is just an infectiously positive person. And they, they hired him as one of their new hires this year. And I, I totally understand why, because it's just one of those people that is just, you'd think someone so positive would be like, annoying again but mike is just the nicest person alive and um they keep bringing in really really good people and i just uh i love their shows and it's it's a thing that like getting through a shitty year or any shitty time and i'm sure you feel the same eric about the shows that you listen to it's just like kind of comforting to put it on and just listen um or watch or however you do it so yeah and i also have to mention something quickly i am really really dumb and we should have put this somewhere in the uh uh, the TV category. Speaking of uh, film junk and Jay Cheel, uh, Curse Films was this oh, year. Oh God, yeah, that should have been was in our one top of 10. the. So what are we re- what are we removing? Well, Matt, uh, that's a good. Or are we question. just doing eleven? Or are we just do eleven? Uh, Curse Films, uh, which is on Shutter and also available on Blu-ray. Uh, it's a five-part documentary series behind the scenes of uh, notable uh, horror movies, specifically that had a. Um, sort of a legend behind it, whether or not the film was cursed. So movies like The Exorcist and Poltergeist and The Crow and Twilight Zone, the movie and The Omen. And um, if, if you love um, sort of behind the scenes documentaries that actually are not just about the movie, but kind of expand on that and are very cinematic. And like, if you, if you know, the the lore and the mythology behind certain films this you'll still get something 
out of it because there's so much more to kind of dive into. And Jay is, is such an amazing filmmaker, um, you know, with both beauty day and how to build a time machine um, that when you're watching his movies, you don't necessarily feel like you're watching a quote unquote documentary. He kind of blurs the lines between, you know, fiction and reality. And like here, even the way that he just sets up shots of, of people that he's interviewing is just so beautifully composed and, um, it was one of the, it, the reason why I forgot about it is because it was so early during the pandemic. It was like back in, uh, late March, April, like, it, so it was supposed to play, uh, the first two of the films or two of the, the episodes were supposed to play at South by Southwest and then that got canceled and, and, um, they're so cinematic and, and again, very funny at times, very serious at times. And I know like with Jay, he's gone through a lot uh, in the last year, losing his father and and things like that. And he's been very open about it. And um, he's just, I, th- I think a really uh, amazing filmmaker. And, and if you have not seen cursed films, it's one of uh, uh, the best documentary series uh, I've seen in, in, uh, you know, excluding obviously the last dance, which I, sh- I think he would even argue is, is, is an amazing piece of uh, filmmaking, but um, yeah, curse films is, is awesome. And I'm really excited to see what he'll do with season two, which he actually w- started filming back at around the time of the, uh, the U S election. So um, we'll, we'll see what that, how that turns out. And hopefully we can get him on the podcast at some point to, to talk to him because he is a, a great personality. I had him on, um, cinema scene um, again earlier this year and he was just everything that I kind of imagined him to be you know having listened to him for so long now um, so yeah Curse Films is definitely worth checking out on Shutter or available on Blu-ray if you want to pick it up very well put yeah we should get uh, him on to talk before maybe Curse Films season 2 comes out or if it was if he was able to finish it and stuff um, we'll figure that out um, Jay's fantastic uh thank you for pointing that out eric anything else you want to mention from the i want to mention last of us part two go check out my uh review obviously i think it's one of the best things this year um had a talking about video games and my love for them but um one of the most cinematic experiences you'll have um whether whatever that means but uh last of us part two just uh, just absolutely fantastic you know, like, uh, there's been some YouTube videos I've been watching. It seems like you go down rabbit holes, but like specifically stuff that I know that we both watch. I mean, I haven't been watching a lot of Rhett and Link recently, but I, I have they're on break. They're, they're on break right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, even when they were kind of still, uh, going into the, like the fall. Yeah. Good mythical winter. morning. Yes, uh, absolutely. But the thing that I have to give a, the person and, and group, but I want to single out the individual as well that I have to give a huge shout out to is Keith Haversberger from the try guys. He yeah. is amazing. And like all his, you know, eat a menus are fantastic. As he, I or, I'm about to order Popeye's as we're talking <laughs> right now. Too. Cause he's, he loves, uh, 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 fried chicken and chicken sandwiches specifically. But, um, like watching the Try Guys, uh, you know, baking without a recipe this this holiday so season good, was yeah. amazing. Hashtag and thumbs up to Daddy's favorite. Um, uh, I watched. <laughs> did I tell you that I watched their documentary? I bought it. Oh um, no, no. Yeah, it was good. It's enjoyable. Like it's not, you know, it, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. Um, but I I I fell down a Try Guys like rabbit hole uh, recently. Like I've just. Um, 
I watched a lot of Keith's eat the menu stuff, but I fell off of all of their other content really. Um, and then my sister loves the try guys. And she was like, no, you should watch like without a recipe. You should watch without instructions, like all these other shows that they do. And I went down and watched everything over the Christmas break. And then I, that's why I, they had a documentary it out and I had a gift card to, uh, the iTunes store. And I was like, you know what? I'm in a, a, a try guys, you know, kind of mood right now. So I'm going to, um, watch their doc. And it was like, it was pretty legit. It was kind of fun to see, um, them go on tour and, and kind of, you only see them in these, you know, their personalities on these YouTube videos. And so it's kind of fun to just see them as, you know, regular people going on this journey and just how crazy popular they are is, is wild. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to Keith, man. Like he is one of the funniest personalities I think out there right now. And like, again, um, you know, his eat the menus episodes like he did. I think the last one I watched of his was Starbucks. It's it's fantastic. And it's crazy that he can do 40 minutes of him just eating food and people will watch it and millions of views. Well, just improv as well. Like he's so good with the timing. And like, I know, obviously, it's it's edited to, you know, his benefit. But like, you think about like how he's able to interact with others, especially while like, you know, having eaten all this stuff and like how he's so sharp and, and on and funny and very expressive. Um, it's, it's amazing to watch him just kind of like, <laughs> just not take himself seriously, but also have a good time. And like, you feel like everybody that's watching him or, you know, like a part of the production is, is having a great time doing it as well. Just absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to the try guys. And yeah, I've, I watch so much YouTube now too that it's just become like my television that's why i feel like i don't watch a lot of tv shows is just because i i fall down these rabbit holes on youtube and just have all these different kind of creators that i'll watch i even a lot of like tech videos like mk mk uh, mkbhd um marquez uh, brownlee i watch a ton of shout out to him um and just different i justine i've been watching a lot of stuff for like apple kind of products and things like that so um there's just so much hashtag content eric that i just like it's so hard to keep up with everything and i'm amazed this year i mean we had no excuse really like that's all you could really do <laughs> but right um there's just so many options out there that it's hard to um figure out what the hell you want to watch all right first hour was spent on miscellaneous and television uh who knows how long we'll go on the tv part of it i mean uh, the movie part of it but let's uh let's get into it um, so I don't know how you want to, as I order my chicken sandwich and hopefully it gets here right as we finish. Um, well, let's just, order let's just now. read off that list. Like, let's just go through them we'll and just talk and, about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. In general. I mean, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on the ones that we've already kind of covered, you know, and we have reviews, reviews for basically and- each one of these movies, except for a few that, you know, I haven't seen yet, which I, there's you know, again, on my list, I just had, haven't gotten around to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll tell you which ones you can check out our reviews for. Um, and, but we'll still talk about the list as a whole and, um, and basically some of the stuff maybe we didn't review. We'll go into a little bit more detail of your, uh, why each one of us wanted to put it on the list or, or whatever. So how we're doing this is Eric and I put together, essentially, we took a look at both of our individual top 
movies of the year. Uh, I I have a top twenty five ish. Eric's ranked every single movie he's watched this year like a maniac. Oh yeah. Uh, so basically, we came together and put together this list of twenty films. So a top twenty of twenty twenty. This is our combined untitled movie podcast best films of the year list uh in no particular order we're not ranking them our individual lists we do have ranked you can go this on letterbox and find those find those which we'll briefly maybe talk about but we don't necessarily need to go into detail on that but this is our combined top 20 of 2020 in alphabetical order so it's not ranked or anything like that so i'll go through it and we can talk about it so here it is, the top 20 films of 2020, um, as judged by Eric Marchin and Matt Rohrbeck of the Untitled Movie Podcast. So here we go. Black Bear, Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets, David Burns' American Utopia, Borat's subsequent movie film, Boy State, Collective, The Five Bloods, Dick Johnson is Dead, The Father, First Cow, Hamilton, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Minari, The Nest, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Nomadland, Palm Springs, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Soul. Those are our top 20 films of 2020. Uh, Eric, how are you feeling overall about, you know, again, our combined 20 films of the year and just kind of, again, being a very strange year, a lot of movies, um, you know, got pushed, which we will talk about very soon. Um, but I think this is a really solid list of movies. Like, I think you can't really go wrong. Like, I think this group of 20 holds up, you know, to any other year. And it doesn't really seem like when you just look at this, these 20 films that, you know, we're missing anything per se. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like again, like this year didn't have you know the the full experience of going to the movie theater and watching you know the big blockbusters or even the more kind of like prestigious stuff that we normally get by the end of the year. But if you look at things like Nomadland and and The Father, those movies very much play into you know the solid festival crowd uh, pleasing movies, but are also extremely well made and and thoughtful and and have a great integrity to them. And then you know you look at something like Soul, which you know like leave it to Pixar to remind you of you know where we are in the world and what we are, and you know the the idea that we have you know, passion and creativity and to really appreciate the little things um, was, was really wonderful as well. And like, kind of felt like, Oh, this was like, you know, a little bit of a treat for, you know, the holiday season to get that on Disney plus. And uh, again, we talked about it in our review that it was a reminder of, you know, why Pixar is great in the first place. And then, you know, Netflix kind of really championing the, you know, films that might not get made otherwise, like Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which I think is one of the funniest, weirdest pieces of film this year or last year. And, you know, like performances, storytelling, structure, um, you know, we inter- we we were lucky enough to have an interview or conversation with uh, composer Jay Wadley, uh, whose score and sort of theme to Tulsi Town is, is fantastic. And I'm just so happy a movie like that exists and that, you know, Netflix was willing to fit the bill for that, you know, in between, you know, all the other productions and TV shows and, and what have you that they've been making. So, uh, yeah, I think this, I think this list, 
is there's there's still some stuff that I still haven't seen that I really would love to and like I'll get Same. into this more with like personal lists like I think Small Axe is also an amazing achievement and whether or not you consider it film or television um that's your own prerogative and your own you know personal um opinion I think it is a film especially with with individual films um with Mangrove um but I also think as a collective as a whole um it's just an amazing piece of art that's not again it's not on the list but you know like you have to look at the year as a whole and kind of think like okay well you know what is the definition of film and something like that kind of makes you rethink what everything is. And, and, and again, for the longest time, you know, my, my favorite piece of filmmaking this year was bloody nose, empty pockets, which again, talking about like, what is film and what is doc like this movie, you know, is the guise of a documentary, but it also is, um, you know, a docudrama that blends, that blends and blurs the lines between both fiction and nonfiction. And I think the Ross brothers, are two of the best filmmakers working right now within the, you know, genres that they're playing in. Um, And if anybody loves like 1970s, Robert Altman, Hal Ashby, that's a film that I keep telling people to watch because it's just one of those little movies that, you know, like could easily kind of be forgotten about or go under the radar. But if you watch it, um, you'll kind of be swept up in the characters and the storyline and the idea of like this, again, when you read about it afterwards and learn, you know, that this isn't what it, exactly what it appears to be is just so fascinating. Um, and that's what I, I love about movies that movies that not only challenge you, you know, from point of views, but the way that they're made and how they're like the people that are involved in them and, and how, movies can not be defined or put into a box. And I think bloody nose, empty pockets is the perfect example of that. Yeah. It's been on my watch list since you talked about it on the podcast months ago. Now it's just like, and I started it with Nevis one night, but I think it was one of those things where we just started it too late. And, um, and it wasn't at no fault of the movie, but it was just one of those things of like, uh, we should have been giving this our full attention, like not starting it in bed at like 10 PM or something like that. So um, I loved what I saw of it. And, um, and this list, again, there's movies that um, I haven't seen, but after, you know, Eric and I talking before the show, we wanted to make sure that this list was, you know, a mix of things Eric really loved, things I really loved and things that we both really loved. So even though I hadn't, seen some of the things on the list i'm still totally oh there's one movie here that i really don't like at all but right. it's on the list because you really love it right and yeah. I, I i think i'm okay i'm i'm fine with that because you know it's a i trust your perspective as well and if you truly do think it's one of the best movies of the year then it deserves to be on this list and obviously we're talking about david burns american utopia you can listen to our very passionate review that we did during tiff where you can get two, two totally different perspectives of that movie but i think also that's what makes that movie kind of special too and i mean i know i'm in the minority and there's probably not i'm few very few people who probably felt as passionately as i did against that movie um but if you want like a fun listen of something i hated and something eric loved but i still do think is deservingly on this list um so i'm totally with you and like yeah i mean everything on here the only things i hadn't seen really are um that are still on my list is like first cow i still do really want to watch and never rarely sometimes always um and collective but everything else i i think we're pretty much on the same page um whether you know they were in our top 
20 or you know top 40 top 30 40 ish like um i think we found some common ground here and uh, things like black bear um uh, boys state uh the five bloods dick johnson is dead the father hamilton i'm thinking of ending things minari the nest um nomadland palm springs promising young women sound of metal and soul i think we're all you know basically in our both of our top you know 10 to 30 40 ish movies of the year <laughs> um but i think that's still like thing and then no like, i just like uh, you said like 40 like because it's like i'm thinking like oh like i i because i have over like 200 films that i've ranked so. yeah so you've seen so much that some of those even though if they're in your 30 range are still some of your favorites of the year and like well, even stuff I that's think, not on our list as well like like something like the invisible woman is is a, is a really well almost made our list it was like that and i wanted to put borat on this list which is i think one of the movies we sort of disagreed about at least uh you from were more my passionate about it than than yeah. i was but i didn't hate it but but i also think it is representative representative of what this year was and i think it also would be foolish not to at least mention it in terms of like what it represents and i mean obviously it's of the moment um and not that our list means anything but when we're putting it together it's just like okay there's certain things you want to spotlight and and put on here and and borat was one of those movies w- with david byrne for your american utopia for you i feel like those are the two where it was like okay we'll give each other one slot to kind of put that movie in there that you know we really want to kind of go okay i want this to be here even if we don't necessarily agree on it but everything else i think we pretty much agreed on like and you guys can check out reviews for literally 90 percent of this stuff so black bear uh, american utopia borat boys state to five bloods dick johnson is dead the father hamilton uh, i'm thinking of ending things um minari we haven't recorded yet but we will um the nest um uh nomad land palm springs promising young women uh sound of metal and soul we all covered on untitled movie reviews so um you guys can definitely go back and listen to those individual episodes if you want but with the exception um, of sound of metal which is a part of a um a collection of our tiff roundup from 2019 yeah from 2019 so have you watched someone was telling me that the amazon version might be um a new cut of the movie like did he streamline it a little bit or or it, do you know or is no it the i mean same I, I i i watched it back in uh november early november again because the first time we both saw it was at uh tiff in in 2019 at the imax theater in, at scotia bank um but it, it no it didn't seem any different it, it, it has a really strong pacing to it and when i mean strong i mean like it it flows really well and it doesn't feel like it kind of lingers on anything that it doesn't need to and it kind of moves at a pace that is percussive pun intended but um i didn't notice anything that was drastically different or kind of you know changed the way that i saw the movie like watching the film again like i was just reminded of how much i loved it it was weird like because the first time i i I saw it i really really liked it and and like i kept thinking about it and i kept thinking about not only like obviously riz ahmed's performance but the sound design and the immersiveness of you know coming from the point of view of somebody that is going deaf and you know the care that darius martyr put into making that sort of you know a visceral experience for the audience and to be empathetic towards those who have lost their hearing and to actually experience it through the deaf community and, and getting people that 
you know, are knowledgeable about it and that have experienced it and do have, you know, or have lost their hearing and like having someone like Paul Racy, who, you know, it just delights me to see him getting so many critics group supporting actor nominations yeah. as a man that's been a part of this community. His parents were both um, deaf and, you know, like he's kind of been very much an advocate for young people kind of going through that. And he's also a musician and, um, like those moments between him and Riz Ahmed, I think are amazing. And the thing I think about a lot is especially this year is just, you know, the, the beauty and silence and to have like that moment where you sit in a room and you can just kind of take everything out of the equation and just kind of enjoy the quiet and then just live in it and mm-hmm. appreciate the beauty of it. Um, that has just kind of been something I have, I, I keep thinking about and, and I haven't been able it's, to stop. It's stuck with me, man. Like, um, and it kept climbing my list and I know I'm going off of my, you know, my memory of, you know, Tiff, two years ago when um when we saw it at that in the imax theater which was dope um i just it kept sticking with me and it kept climbing and climbing my list when i was finally doing you know my final you know reorganization of some movies that like and sure i go based off of what i originally rated it on letterbox but sometimes i'll have a movie that's you know a four star that after sitting on it for a while climbs up my list and ends up, you know, passing a lot of stuff that I gave a four and a half or, or whatever, just based off of, you know, me comparing it to other things or where I want to put something and sound of metal was that movie. And I, I do really want to watch it again. I just, um, there's so much other stuff I haven't sat down and, you know, gave it a rewatch. Um, but I, I love, I love, love, love that movie. And I mean, uh, everything on this is we just recently posted our review of promising young woman with Joey Noel from kind of funny. So you guys should check that out, but it is my favorite film of the year. Um, and I, I just, I, I really do genuinely love basically every movie on this, um, on this list. There's some weird smaller stuff there. I suggest you guys go check out black bear. If you haven't, um, uh, Dick Johnson of is dead was, is in my, you know, top five of the year. And I just think is a lovely, you know, look at a, a mother and, and and father and their relationship and and how you know uh alzheimer's and, and dementia affects um someone and i mean the father on this list as well two very different movies but uh touching on that same kind of topic and um putting you in their shoes and and kind of um dealing with the that topic in in much different ways but like i both saw my opa who dealt with some of that stuff um in both of those films and whether it was you know the relationship between mother and and father in in uh both movies really and how my mom dealt with that with my opa and uh those movies hit me really really hard and you talked about i'm thinking of ending things which i think is just you know not for everyone but uh, i think it definitely vibed with us um and then hamilton being here which is borderline not an actual movie but just a you know stage a recording of a stage show but i mean it lived up to the hype um and what america should be or aspire yeah. to or a reminder of that exactly so yeah i'm i'm super thrilled with this list i don't think we need to necessarily go over it uh, in huge detail because people have heard us talk about each one of those movies or like i just plugged you can go listen to the reviews on untitled movie reviews for most of these and even the stuff that we necessarily didn't review but i know on this very show you've talked about never rarely sometimes always at length you've talked about first cow at length you've talked about collective and like i uh, again movies that 
because you feel so strongly, I definitely need to go back and watch them. Uh, right. This and I also, I also want to mention with Black Bear and The Nest, I, what I love about those movies is how going into them, they kind of play with your expectations of what you think they might be and versus what they actually ultimately become. And, yeah. you know, nothing – again, I, I keep bringing up her. I don't know why. Like, I know that Vanessa Kirby is going to get an Oscar nomination for Pieces of a Woman, which is another movie that we disagreed on, which I think you should go back and listen to that review as well because I like when we both have a disagreement and it's it's very passionate and fun. Um, but I look at what – you know, Aubrey Plaza is doing in uh, Black Bear and what Carrie Coon is doing in The Nest. And I just wish that they were getting more attention. You know, they, yeah, they, they, they've been noticed, for sure. but those but. performances are just so captivating. And like, like you watch Black Bear and you're kind of like, holy crap, I did not know that Aubrey Plaza had that. Like, that- Dude, even in, in Happiest Season, like, she's having a hell of a year. And I mean, I've always loved her since Parks and Rec. But, and you mentioned Ingrid Goes West, uh, yeah. I think before we started recording, because we yeah. were talking about I, Tonya and, 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 how, to, and yeah, yeah. how we stored our movies. And a whole nother topic. But um, she's just having a hell of a year and a hell of a couple years and showing that she is a legitimately fantastic actress and i and carrie coon is just on another level too and um um, i totally agree with you with both of those so um we'll be putting up um this list on social and stuff like that if you guys want to you know whether you want to save it somewhere so you kind of have a list of crap to watch um at this not crap but good stuff to watch at the <laughs> at the beginning shit. of this year some good shit uh for you guys to watch but um overall really happy with last year i i am and i am looking forward to this year segue um oh, yeah. unless you had any final thoughts about no no about i just i think overall we, we you know there's some really wonderful stuff out there and and i hope that people you know if, if they look at this list and haven't seen you know movie a b or c they they give it a shot and 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 it's also just wonderful to like you know talk about them again and be reminded like oh yeah you know what there was some good stuff here to kind of get you through the year and like even now like a lot of people are finally catching up on palm springs because it's now available in canada on amazon prime um it's it's one of those delightful you know feel-good movies in a weird way that's you know very dark and it's so good funny you know yeah um so go check out all of those. I want to hear what you guys think are the best movies of the year. Send us your letterbox lists, all that kind of stuff. Um, love to get your guys' perspective too. Um, for now, let's move on to our most anticipated of 2021. So my chicken sandwich is going to be here in a second, and I'm fucking starving. <laughs> so um, I don't mean to rush us through this stuff, but um, half of this, I mean, we did this on an episode you know, I think similarly um, last year, um, half of these movies are movies that were on our most anticipated of 2020. Um, 11 of these 21 movies were on that list. We added 10 new titles. Um, I will run through those right now. Eric, I'll get you to kind of give your thoughts and then I'm going to run and grab my food um, before we wrap up the show. So it doesn't sit on my porch and get very, very cold. Uh the Untitled Movie Podcast Most Anticipated Films of 2021. Um, I will let you know if it was previously on last year's list or if it's a new edition. Um, 3,000 Years of Longing, a new addition to the list. Apollo 10.10.5, A Space Age Adventure, new to the list. Annette, carryover. Benedetta, carryover. Blonde, carryover. 
Candyman, uh, new to the list. The Card Counter, uh, new to the list. Uh, Dune, Carryover. Eternals, Carryover. F9, didn't make our list last year, but now it does after we saw that trailer. New to the list. Uh, False Positive, Carryover. French Dispatch, uh, Carryover. The Green Knight, Carryover. Last Night in Soho, Carryover. Uh, The Northman, new to the list. No Time to Die, um, Carryover. Soggy Bottom, uh, new to the list. Spiral, Carryover. Uh, Titan, Carryover. Triangle of Sadness, new to the list. And The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, new to the list. Eric, I'm going to go grab my food. Give me your thoughts on kind of our most anticipated movies of this year. All right. Well, it's the ultimate do-over. I'll start with that. Um, looking at the list, I mean, like, it's it's still exciting to know that, okay, we're going to get you know, a Bond movie this year, whether it be, you know, streaming. I mean, there's been conversations whether or not that's going to happen. Um, and, you know, multiple Marvel movies, Matt and I were talking about that as well before the break and like, um, or before we were recording that the idea that, you know, there are going to be multiple series and multiple films now. So what is going to, <laughs> as you pull out the Canada dry, uh, so what is going to be available to, to watch? And, and so again, like a lot of this stuff could carry over into our 2022 list. Um, but I would say the thing that I'm most excited, that's a new addition, um, would be Paul Thomas Anderson's Soggy Bottom. That's tentatively what the title is that probably will change. Maybe it won't. I mean, the same thing kind of happened with both The Master and Phantom Thread, where those were kind of uh, temp titles that ultimately became the final uh, film title. But yeah, a- anything that Paul Thomas Anderson does, I'm automatically going to be excited about. And I think he's also kind of a little bit been secretive of what the story is now it takes place in the san fernando valley uh it's you know in the mid 1970s it's a love letter to films it stars cooper hoffman phillips the late philip seymour hoffman's son uh in the lead bradley cooper is playing kind of like a john gruber-esque producer um so i'm really excited to see how that's going to all play out and then obviously george miller's the one that i was kind of mixed on because it just started filming and who knows if it'll be done in time this year and if it will you know even screen is the 3000 years of longing because this is something that george miller's been working on for a very long time uh with tilda swinton and idris elba so um i'm curious to see how that's going to play out yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm again, uh, a lot of carryover still very excited for a lot of this stuff. Um again, F9 was something that, you know, after talking with you, I'm like we got that trailer. I I'm you know, back into the Fast and Furious mindset, so I needed to throw that in there. Um obviously Spiral was a choice of mine that carried over um being the next Saw movie that Chris Rock uh, you know, came up with the story with and is starring um, but yeah, out of the, I mean, the card counter, um, um, I always like seeing Schrader's Facebook updates <laughs> and then, um, I'm, I'm very excited to see his follow-up to first reformed, uh, with Oscar Isaac, um, uh, you know, a new Edgar Wright movie I'm always psyched about, which is obviously delayed from last year. Eternals. We'll, we'll get to this year too. Edgar Wright yeah. Movies, yeah. Sparks, with Brothers, the Sparks Brothers, which we might see at Sundance. We'll see. Which also um, relates to Annette because the Sparks Brothers are doing the score for the Leo Carax movie. There we go. It all comes together. Uh, Candyman's an addition that, you know, we didn't have last year. Cause I don't know if we totally, 
I don't know, but like the more we saw about that movie and heard about that movie, um, and you know, Nia DaCosta moving on to Captain Marvel two after that, and and stuff like that, I'm I'm very excited to see what she does with Candyman, um, our one MCU movie that we put on here, which is our carryover. We had many choices, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, but Eternals is that one I think that you know. Chloe Zhao after after seeing Nomadland and you know all of her movies really it's just like I'm so curious to see what you know a, a a Marvel movie from her looks like and like Eternals is the most intriguing because it is the one we know the least about I think so um, other than Kumail Nanjiani is jacked which I don't understand oh like people like going online and like shaming him i I don't get it fuck that no he looks great he looks incredible good for him um obviously a new wes anderson movie psyched about um david lowry's the green knight which i wish we got to see already but i cannot wait for it um you know we got uh benedetta from Polly v um (laughs) so i'm i'm like i'm I'm psyched these are some great movies and like there's other stuff we couldn't even put on the list like i i wanted to put spider-man 3 or mission impossible 7 for more blockbuster stuff but we try to get a a good mix of you know indie indie hollywood stuff you know that middle ground of tour driven tour driven stuff yeah so um the nick cage movie unbearable weight of massive talent where he's playing himself um i i cannot wait for so um this year is going to be interesting who knows this could completely change um we're still in full lockdown right now it looks like we'll probably you know not the vaccine won't be readily available until you know mid to late this year for you know the general public, but I mean, who knows that could change and with how everything's going, who the fuck knows what's going to happen. But, um, I'm just excited in general. I hope we get to go back to the movies and back to normal relatively soon. I hope this industry survives. I know it's struggling right now. AMC struggling theaters in general are struggling. We've talked about that at length of what we think that looks like. Obviously, the HBO Max deal and the Warner Brothers things all changes that. But yeah, who knows, man? But I'm I'm excited to watch these movies. I just hope it gets to be in a theater. Because um, I, I even mentioned this in our Wonder Woman review and, and discussing on Cinema Scene with you that Wonder Woman 1984, not a great movie. Some would argue it's a very bad movie. Uh, <laughs> you wished it was better. Um, yeah. Um, but I also wish Eric that I got to see it in a theater. Cause like those types of movies, the big bombastic popcorn movies are what I want to see in a cinema and this auteur driven stuff that you're talking about too. Like that is the kind of cinema that I want to see in a theater. Am I okay to see, you know, an indie drama, like maybe, a uh, you know, a black bear at home, like, yeah, I think I'm okay with that. Like it's or a bloody nose, empty pockets. Would that look great on a big screen? Yeah, but like or in a festival that, setting or a festival setting and with a, a an audience. But I mean, some of that stuff I'm more okay with watching at home. Um, but some of this stuff, like everything on this list, is the stuff I want to see with a crowd or on the big screen, and and that's what I hope we get to go back to um, soon. But obviously, we need to stay safe, stay indoors, try to avoid you know, spreading this thing more. It keeps getting worse and worse here in Ontario. We know how it is in the US right now. So um, I'm just hoping we can kind of get past this shit. You know, I'm going to have to cancel my wedding two years in a row, <laughs> which is is just horrible, horrible shit. I never thought I would be saying out loud, but um, 
it is what it is, but I don't want to end on a down note. I am very excited for all of these movies and I'm excited for another year of uh, podcasting with you, brother. Same, same. I, and yeah, no, like I feel so bad for you and Nevis. Like, it's just like, fuck. It's the worst. But I mean, it's like, you kind of have to be like, all right, well, it is what it is. Everyone's in the same boat. It's just, yeah, we, we picked the two worst years in history to try to, you know, do an international wedding. Right. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's, I'm laughing. Some days I'm really upset about it. Some days I laugh at it, but, um, it's, it's not great, but you know, it's okay. I love her. We're, we've been together seven plus years now. Well, that, and, like, and you're together now. Some, like, that's the thing that we are. Like, so like, yeah. So it's not much like, again, getting married will be great. Can't wait to do it. It's just a um, label, man. You're just, you're yeah. just getting a distribution company thing. You know, you're, you're a yeah, 24, exactly. you know, Matt and Nevis. Yeah. Anyways, Eric, I think I'm going to wrap it there because I really do need to eat. And I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, all of this stuff at length, whether on this trilogy of podcasts that we would love for you guys to subscribe to. So if you liked this, uh, Untitled Movie Reviews, you can check out reviews for the majority of our best of lists this year, as well as all new movies and sometimes even TV shows like Cobra Kai and possibly WandaVision as well. Um, so please go subscribe over to Untitled Movie Reviews. Um, please go subscribe over to Untitled Movie Conversations. We alluded to a lot of those on this episode. So conversations with Joey Noel and Nick Scarpino from Kind of Funny, uh, Jay Wadley of I'm Thinking of Ending Things, um, uh, uh, Joey Magidson, who is the uh, editor-in-chief of Awards Radar, which will a lot of the movies you're hearing about in this episode as well he had a wonderful conversation about award season this year so go check out all of those um but we really do just appreciate everyone who listens it's the start of a new year i'm excited to podcast this whole year with eric and and try some new things and cover some new festivals um like sundance so you'll be hearing much more about our plans for this year very very soon uh please subscribe on social at untitled underscore cast uh we're trying to do some new things over there we have a new look and feel to all of our socials so it looks kind of cohesive and kind of interesting and we're going to be putting up everything we talked about on this episode there'll be social posts for those eric we didn't go over our individual lists but people can go check those out on uh letterboxd and we'll plug our own socials so you guys can go check out those there. Um, and then if you have a couple of extra seconds, drop us a review on um, any of those podcast services that you guys listen to the shows on. We'd really, really appreciate it. So um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm usually bumming around Twitter and Letterboxd where you can find my individual top movies of the year, which... Most of it is crossover, but we do have some interesting kind of things that are in both of our lists there and the stuff we never got to talk about today. Yeah, and I'm Eric Martian. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. As already mentioned, uh, Matt and I did uh, an episode which will be available starting on January 16th uh, to stream on that site where we basically do the same thing, except it's more compressed in a half an hour and family friendly. Um, not that we are doing anything too lewd or crude on, on this show. We just swear more. Um, and you can follow crude me on- dude, party. What's the mic? Oh, never mind. Keep going. He's a crude dude. <laughs> Like the party yeah, dude? Party. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Donatello does machines. A anyways, um, and you can follow me on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Donatello loves to do machines. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Bye. <laughs>